Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Get you to here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, and community rules. As always, remember there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. To indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, Sideline, in more detail on that webpage, I recommend playing the A grade plays at one unit, plays given out here at a half unit or additional half unit. Though the A plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. There are also picks given out on the website and Patreon play of the day in Discord chat that also recommended an extra half unit and the compilation of the recommended results can be found both on BetStamp and the Google Sheet, links in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections and picks on every single game, and for early access to those picks that have already been released, hit up Patreon, links in the crawler below. That's also where you can get access to that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions about these or other games. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please appreciate the good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, um, you're on a new location, new background for you. You know, sometimes you travel around a little bit here. Uh, you were off last night, and cousin Jared was on. Um, cousin Jared did okay filling in for you. I, I did not. Uh, my my picks weren't as good on here. Um, I, I think the the biggest thing that I, I feel like is I, that I have to say about that is simply that we talk about that good and bad variance, right? I The eight-grade plays, which is kind of like what we're mostly focusing on, have done so well on the season, and they're still doing fine today. Uh, this is Wednesday night, of course. Um, it's just some of the ones that I picked weren't doing well on this show. And it's like that good and bad variance. It's like it feels like we've had a really hard time picking from the subset of good plays Highlighting was, I think that's just some bad variants. Uh, some of them, we talked about some of the bad luck, some of the weird bad covers that have happened against us. Um, it feels like that's got to come around because we're picking from a subset of games that's really good. That's why I, I tell people we're using this to talk about some games, dive deeper, give you some things to think about. But uh, like I said there, I recommend looking at all the A grade plays and for the most part playing a lot of them because for the most part they're doing really well. I don't recommend that with the B and C grade picks. Pick some of those from what you like. You know, those are about 51% or so. Um, but those acre plays are doing so well. We're just, I feel like we're zigging and, and zagging the wrong direction. It's like, we're going to get on sync eventually. I just, I keep waiting for it. It just it can't, hadn't quite happened yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a little frustrating. Like trying to figure it out is, it's just tough. Like, cause you see the A plays are doing so well. And then it's like, yeah, is it the ones that I touch? Am I, am I, yeah. am, I the drama? am I the problem? And it's, I don't know. And it's, that's, that's what I was telling you before show. I felt like looking yesterday, it was like, I feel like I've hit the, the anti-Midas touch here. You know, it's like A-grade plays on the day. It's, it's right now, there's a whole bunch left for tonight. So we'll see how those go. Um, but like, as of right now, the A-grade plays are like nine and eight. And like the ones that I picked and talked about on show are like one and five. And it's like, how does that happen? And and for those of you, and some of you, you've looked at the sheet, so you know this, or you've seen, you know, in the bets, if you've seen all the results, so you're well aware of it. In case you don't, we're talking about the A-grade plays uh, so far have a sample size of 627 picks. I mean, that's a really large sample size. And as of right now, our 53.8%, that's pretty good. And like, like you said, it's like well, the ones we're just picking, it, it's I don't understand it. It's it's some it's a little bit of bad variance. It's a little bit of on occasion you just have some misses, and that's the whole point. When you get fifty four percent right, you're going to get forty six percent wrong, and that's why I always tell people, you know, 
take what you like, leave the rest, make sure you're betting with confidence. Cause I'm, I'm not going to try to tell you there's a hundred. That's why I said there's no locks in gambling. There's no 100% winner. If that's what you're looking for, go try to find you in another video and find some liar who's telling you that. Cause it ain't going to happen. Right. That's, that's not what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're going 54%, you know, 55 would be the goal, but 54 I'm very thrilled with. And it's just, for some reason, the subset we picked just hasn't come around, but I feel like it's coming. Eventually we're going to hit a hot streak where we're going to hit a hot. And here's the thing. I'm going to predict this. It's, it's a long season. It's going to happen. We're going to hit a hot streak where we end up hitting like 60, 65% for a long stretch. And people are going to think we're geniuses and it's just going to be the flip side of this bad variance, right? Where in reality, we're still just picking from 54% winners. And that's, again, what I'm very thrilled with. But it's it's not as bad as the 45%. It won't be as good as that hot streak we have either because it's just ups and downs when you're just talking about a handful of the games, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the model in there is the sideline and stuff, and it'll be easier to pick once we get in like the – like mainly in the conference play where teams are more in a rhythm and it's easy to predict easier to predict what they're going to do and how they're going to play yeah. versus – traveling all around the country on random day, playing back-to-back, maybe not playing back-to-back and all sorts of craziness. So it might, might be a little easier once, once that new year kind of flips. Yeah, you'll lose that cross-country travel, which is a whole different uh, element as well. Uh, and for those of you who don't, sometimes I feel like I don't communicate everything as well as I should. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the model that we're referencing, Sutherland, is a mathematical model that I have built to predict the outcome. So this is uh, not just some random. Some of people ask, like, where did you get the access to the model? I'm like, it's on my computer. I built it, <laughs> you know? Um, but before we get to today's games, we've got a bunch of them we think are pretty good ones here for your Thursday slate. Some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. You can throw it at www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it all on Tervacy at Online. Sign up link in the show description and current as of the time of this recording on Wednesday night. Another day with a lot of A-grade plays of all of those. Uh, as as rough as Wednesday was, because Jared and I nailed the A-plus play of the day, got us an afternoon winner. It didn't go well for us last time we faded Louisville in this spot. It was Louisville's uh, only cover of the season, in fact. But look, we always talk about you know, good and bad variants. Always talk about small sample size. Right, it was one game that Louisville covered. I haven't covered a single game other than that. Lost again to Lipscomb here uh, this weekend at a, at a, at a pick'em. Um, their chance for victories are are about gone at this point. Uh, they got two, and they uh, they'll probably get another conference. They'll probably beat a team at home. That's probably looking at about three wins uh, for the season, if I had to guess. And a lot of beatdowns, especially on the road against this NC State team. This NC State team is is pretty good. Uh, Sideline says this should be NC State minus 22. I mean, you're talking about a Louisville team that just is almost assuredly going to struggle mightily here in conference. But they struggled with the mediocre teams in non-conference. I think it's the better teams in this conference. It's going to be really tough for them to have enough possessions to score points the way they turn the ball over and and take themselves out of possession. So uh, mathematically here, massive edge on NC State. That we've been about 50-50 on them, and of course we know Louisville hasn't covered hardly at all. But even with the 50-50 on the covering for NC State, the, they've actually slightly overperformed their projections. And so it's a team I'm very comfortable backing, even at a big number, just given how much more the model says that NC State should be favored by Louisville. Then, Jake, what are the reasons why you are comfortable with them as the A-plus play of the day? 
Yeah, like you said, they tricked us last time they were in this spot. But I don't think they found anything sustainable. I mean, it's easy to see there with uh, the Florida A&M game, which is one of the probably top five worst teams in the game, and then getting beat by Lipscomb. Like, oh, this easy, easy cover with Florida. That's an A-grade play with Florida A&M on that one. Yeah, that was, that was insane. I couldn't believe the line. I mean, and NC State is a pretty good team. They've got a weird loss to Pitt, but Pitt might actually be good. So I don't, I don't want to – Quite, quite say that's a bad loss yet, but I, I don't Pitt, know. Pitt's one of those teams. I feel like there's a handful of teams. Uh, Oregon State is definitely one of them we've talked about, where it's like Pitt's definitely one of them. Syracuse kind of feels like another one. So when Pitt played Syracuse, I guess that was just a confusing one altogether. That like they just kind of are all over the place, and I don't really know what to make of them. They have times where they look competent at times where they look terrible. So the, I feel like you, you beat Pitt or you lose to Pitt. It's like, I don't know, like maybe. <laughs> like, I just feel like you got to throw that out. It doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah, yeah, but they got some. They got some pretty decent wins with a win over Dayton early in the year. They got a win over Baylor. They played really close with Kansas. Were really in that game and ahead for mm-hmm. a decent chunk of it. A very good game with Miami. And Miami's uh, what twelve and one now, and they beat Virginia at home. So that like, they're they're a pretty good team too. Like so, I mean, this mm-hmm. NC State team likes to play fast. They're extremely smart with the ball. They really don't like giving it up unless the other team's taking it out of the net because they don't turn the ball over. They have a high offensive rebound rate and high effective field goal percentage rate. Uh, they're really good at shooting the ball, very high three-point percentage, very high two-point percentage. And on the defensive side, they force extra possessions. They force a lot of turnovers, and that is very much trouble for Louisville because Louisville doesn't like to hold on to the ball. Um, they also guard the three-point arc very well, and that's another bad sign for Louisville. Louisville falls in love with the three because it's hard to get close to the bucket. Their offense isn't that good, and that's just like NC State's just not going to let them breathe. Um, I really don't think Louisville has much of a chance to cover. They're just not built for it stylistically or even with the talent. I think NC State is an easy play here. Yeah, it's and I don't love laying these big numbers, but I mean, I think this is really the spot for it. Um, you mentioned with the the way their offense works, but it goes back to just the lack of guards. When you have don't have the guards, it turns the ball over, and it, it creates situations where it's hard to get good offense because you're not getting good penetration, you're not getting good drives, you're not getting good passes. You're not getting all those things that those guards provide you with, and with such a lack of guard play, it just makes it like you said a stagnant offense. It just it just has to launch deep balls up. What happened in that Western Kentucky game specifically to a, to address that one? Because that was one we picked against Louisville here, and and we looked kind of foolish. We just completely missed on that one. And that was a game where Louisville just had a lot of those long shots go in. And that's going to happen. That's why I said they're probably going to win a home conference game because that's going to happen at some point. And it may happen here, right? There are no locks in gambling. The idea being, in general, when that happens, I like our chances because those are going to miss way more than they go in. Like, not against Western Kentucky – they just couldn't. They just. They just couldn't miss. And again, sometimes it happens. But if that's what happens here against NC State, I really like our chances for NC State to win by twenty plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, especially another side effect of all those three balls is your big guys fall asleep and they're not ready for the ball because they're they're not expecting it anymore because they're expected to be passed around and turned over or a deep shot and just yeah. not not in the game anymore. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and that will take us to the best of the rest of the A plays. Got three of them that we're going to give out to you here. We're going to start off out in Hawaii. We will have a show for you. We're kind of tentative on the timing and who's going to be on, but we'll have a Christmas show for you. There's five games on Christmas Day, I believe, and four of them are going to be this Hawaii tournament they started up. This is one of the games out there in Hawaii. Iona SME, one of the first round games of the eight teams that are out there. Iona is a nine point favorite. Silent has this as an A grade pick. Says Iona should actually be favored by 11. Um, 
We've backed SMU five times this season. All five of those were losses. So SMU not been a team that's been profitable to back for the most part. We've backed Iona six times. It's gone five and one doing it. Um, Iona has just been a pretty solid team this season. Um, SMU has it. Uh, Iona is the much better team. They should win. The question is just can they win by double digits? The model thinks they can. Jake, you think they can. Tell us why you think that. Yeah, I, I just don't think the books have quite caught up with how good this Iona team is and how well they're playing at the moment. They've got a top 75 offense, and they rank 55th in defense. They don't turn the ball over, and they force a lot of turnovers. So just all the extra possessions and the fast pace they play at gives them plenty of room to cover this. Um, they do tend to give up some offensive rebounds, but I think that's because they're – like that's a Rick Pitino kind of game plan is – He's going to gamble a little bit, go for the more steals, get an easy bucket there, that maybe leave you leave somebody open for an offensive rebound. Uh, they're near automatic from the free throw line, which is another good thing with like under yeah. ten because fouls kind of start stop happening around ten. Uh, like well, and, and like we always talk about too, right? If they're making more shots, that's the difference between maybe a late game. It's 13 points versus it's seven points. And it's like, you'd rather be 13 and then everyone just stops playing at that point rather than it being seven. And you're like, oh, go, go for it. Foul him. And it's like, I don't know if he will. Yeah. yeah keep yeah. Try- you can't win. I know, but you try to win anyway. Right. You know, so hopefully we can be out those extra free throws. Get us at the well, through the buzzer. Yeah. Right. yeah. Don't even- but, I mean, after the, after the North Carolina win here tonight against Michigan, Michigan hitting a three with six tenths of a second. I, I just, I, anyway, moving on. We're not better, not better at all.
This is fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have anything else else to say about that game? Uh, I mean, a little bit, not too much. It doesn't. I was just okay, going to point out. Like, try to like, pick up. Try to pick up from there, and I'll try to splice it. Do you know where I le- left off exactly? Uh, we were just talking about uh, nothing after me joking about the three from Michigan. Oh yeah, okay, that's easy. So, right. whenever I, I uh, do. All right, so uh, I don't know. Actually, does a really good job of keeping you inside the arc. So, and SMU is not a great offensive team by any stretch. Uh, they don't take. They don't shoot the ball well. They don't take good shots. They're terrible from the free throw line. Uh, they also don't force turnovers to really help themselves out. And the ones they do force are more of like shot clock turnovers, forcing you to travel, throwing it out of bounds kind of deal, not a steal and like an easy bucket. It's let you get your defense back set. So I don't see really any way they're going to be able to hang with this SMU team or hang with the Iona team with the way Iona was playing. Uh, I think the pace Iona plays at will actually get to be more of the pace of the game and play a little faster and give us a lot more chances of keeping it better than 10. All right, and we also got a total play for this over for you if you're with us on the Discord. Uh, early tip time out there, uh, 2 p.m. Central is like, 10 a.m. ish Hawaii time, something like that. Pretty early in the day out there uh, for a game, but one we think Iona should cruise on. Uh, the next one here, 6 p.m. Central Queens minus four and a half at Fairleigh Dickinson. Sideline says this should be Queens minus 6.1. They are eight and one against the spread this year. Um, kind of continuing the trend of these Division II teams coming up and being a little bit more prepared than then we all kind of thought they would be to play at this level. Not that they're good necessarily, but just better than we thought, you know, more, more average, more respectable um, than, than we thought they would be. Uh, we faded fairly like it's in five times a season and gone five and oh. So uh, no reason to stop that. In my opinion, uh, we've underestimated Queens overestimated fairly Dickinson against highlights has six. If any of those trends continue, then the reality is maybe it should actually be more like seven or eight. Jake, why are you loving this? A great play here, Queens minus four and a half. Yeah, this Queens team, like they're they came up ready to play, and this I think this really shows how weak the bottom of the D one is. Then mm. like your D two teams are coming up and having immediate success. I don't think there's a much of a gap between those two, and these two teams just forgot about the defensive end. Don't like it. Don't want it. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's bad. Really, Dickinson's just truly terrible defense. I mean. Yeah, well, they've got the better, Queens has a better defense, but it's not saying much. They also have the better offense, which helps out a lot. Uh, the way these two teams play, I expect the pace to be a lot faster than what the actual metrics will lead you to believe. Just because there's no defense, uh, I think it's going to be like a lot of what you see at YMCA when guys have been playing a little bit and they're just chucking the ball down the court. Nobody's really wanting to play defense. That's going to end up there. Uh, man. Die and McKee from Queens are worth watching. This should be an entertaining game just from a point standpoint. If you like points, I think what the last time I looked at the over under was set at like 159 or something like that. What uh, was 157 what I saw earlier? Um, I don't know if it's gone up since then. Uh, sideline projects 159, um, projects a score of 82 and a half to 76 and a half. So, I mean, uh, closer to 160, which is pretty good up there. I mean, you don't see it, you see a couple, but you don't see a ton of totals touching that 160 number. No, no, no. It's so like, uh, Queen's offense is the best unit on the floor, and I think they'll have. They'll slowly like leverage that the whole time and 
finally get up there around 10-ish and kind of stay there. And I think this game ends around 10-ish point win for the Queens. Regents? Yeah, Queens – sorry. I just – I can't remember their nickname. Is it the Regents, Royals, something like that? The Royals, yeah, actually in in Charlotte, um, you know, not not Queens, not Queens, New York, actually Queens in the Carolinas. Uh, uh, again, like you said, just jumping up and and being prepared, and and again, a true we've seen St. Thomas, of course, being just a, an incredible story, um, not just with regards to basketball, but football. That's, a, that's another thing that they've, um, you know, got kicked out of their D three conference because they were too good and. Yeah, I could see why. Like they are really good. Uh, but you know, then like just about Queens, we talked about a lot of these teams that have stepped up and, and done really well. And fairly they get yeah, towards the bottom of um division one, a game that they probably had on their schedule thinking, oh, this is one of those teams coming up. This is a team we can hang with at home, we can get a victory. And I don't think they will. I think Quinn's wins. Um Jake you're laying four and a half uh, along with the model. I'm gonna give you the last one of this segment of the best of the rest of the A plays. 9 p.m. Central Portland State getting 10 points at Cal Baptist. The model uh locked in plus nine is at A grade. It's at plus 10 by the time we record it. We locked in uh for show tracking purposes. It's just way too many points. Helen says it should be a little over six. The, the model is a little Portland State happy. It does like them. But to be fair, it's gone six and four backing them. And six and four isn't the sexiest record in the world. But I mean, 60% is pretty dang incredible. So it's really a small sample size. But the models like Portland State. Um, I think they're just a little bit better um, than the sports books are giving them credit for. And so far, it's paid off. Uh, Cal Baptist, we've, we're have we three and two backing, two and three fading. We've been pretty spot on with them. But even if we're overestimating Portland State a little bit, maybe it shouldn't be six, maybe it should be seven. Ten is just too many. You talk about getting a number like ten. As long as they hang in there, it's probably not going to foul. Uh, probably not going to have a late-game foul getting us to 11. We're probably safe with late-game fouls. And the thing I like about this is that the pace discrepancy here I think really benefits Portland State. If Cal Baptist has their way and plays this game really slow, it's going to be hard for them to win by more than 10 because it's going to be a really slow game. If Portland State gets their way with the pace, it's more likely that from a pace standpoint that it gets above 10, but that's the game Portland State wants to play. So I think it's more likely that they hang in there. So I think they kind of hang in there either way, either A, because it's the pace that they want to play at that they're comfortable with because they play at lightning speed, whereas Cal Baptist plays at a snail's pace. Or if it plays at Cal Baptist pace, that's just not a style that lends itself to blowout. So I think Portland State's got a really good chance of covering this number. Again, plus 10 is just way too high for me. So that's going to be uh, an A grade play here. I'm going to track on my record. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I, I like this play too is uh, Cal Baptist free throw percentage is at fifty nine point four, um, mm. which is terrible. Uh, the fact that there's five teams worse than them is out like mind blowing. <sighs> but <clears throat> at fifty nine point four, uh, late game fouls, I don't think it's big for <laughs> big worry. You know, I was wondering. I don't know. Maybe someone can explain this to me. I always wonder when you get to six fouls against a really bad free throw shooting team, even in the first half, why you wouldn't just foul a bad free throw shooter and just put them at the line and say, odds are you're going to miss the front end and we're going to get the ball right back. Or if you make the first one, you're probably not going to make the second one, especially late in the second half. I just don't know why teams 
use their seventh, eighth, and ninth fouls sometimes on shooting fouls, which are automatically two. When when there's like four minutes, like if you're down and there's four minutes to go, just foul and just get those three fouls out of the way and just see if you can't generate some extra possessions right there, especially on a team like this. You got to have your pick, a, your, some good options of who to foul. Who's probably, if the, if the team's shooting that much, there's guaranteed to be someone on the floor who's a 50% free throw shooter, maybe even worse, right? Go foul that ball guy when he has the ball, when you've got six fouls with like four minutes to go and just see if you can generate some extra possessions, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've I've always been in favor of that. If if you're if it's a weakness I can exploit like that, I, I want to, especially in the yeah. second half, because I've always viewed a missed front end on a one on one should be counted as a turnover, and not it, just a it's reason. a turnover. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know. Unless you're just absolutely scared, your guys are just going to keep fouling and stop, never stop fouling. I don't know. Like well, you tell them you do it for foul seven, eight, nine, right? And then, and, and then, you, and then you stop doing that. You don't. Then you go back to your normal strategies. I don't know if you're ever going to try it, a team like that. This is the time to try. By the way, we think Portland State can hang in there. Uh, so we're taking them plus ten, which takes us to Jake on a limb. Again, the model doesn't have an A grade play on. It's just shy of it though. It's a B plus pick, and Jake, you like it as well. I'm much tell us why here. Kansas minus twenty one against Harvard. So that says it should be Kansas minus twenty three and a half. Again, just shy of an a grade jake why do you why why is it an a grade in your book i guess i guess it's the question i should pose uh because i mean harvard coming off that surprising victory over irvine was mm. was wild but i think they're in for not a just covering game. but winning handily i mean they yeah. kudos yeah no, i mean great win for them not gonna happen yeah. twice uh kansas and fog allen is near impossible to beat uh, Harvard's really got no answer for Grady Dick or Jalen Wilson. Those guys are just on a different planet. Uh, and, and it's not even like they're allowed with it. I mean, every once in a while they are. It's just you'll all of a sudden you'll look at the end of the game and both guys had almost 25 rebounds, six assists, something like that. They'll just fill a stat sheet and you really just be like, when did that happen? It's just they're just that good. Uh, I mean, Adams is playing so much better right now. The way Harris runs the show, there's a couple passes in that IU game that were just outrageous. It was, well, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I mean, that's that's without even mentioning like McCullough or MJ Rice or anybody else coming off the bench. They're just loaded and at home. Everybody feels better at home. They love to just blow teams out. I mean, since losing the Tennessee, uh, they have demolished. All of their opponents, Texas Southern by 32, Seton Hall by 26, at Missouri by 28, Indiana by 22. Harvard on the scale of those teams, much closer to Texas Southern than they are to any of those teams. So I see this game being out in the 30s, like maybe mid-30s, because Kansas, when they get rolling, are near impossible to stop. Yeah, they've been playing really well lately, and we were on the right side of that with Kansas against Missouri. Uh, but I know we we're on the wrong side of it a couple of the other times, and and just didn't stand a chance with the way Kansas played. It was it was over by halftime. You didn't even have to watch the rest of the game. You knew what was going to happen, and obviously that Indiana game, you had the injury um, to Trace Davis, Chase Davis Jackson. No. Yeah, you had Trace Jackson Davis hurt, and then Xavier Jackson Jackson also got hurt too. Yeah. So you had you had some of those injury issues in that IUD, but even before that, I mean, they were kicking tail the, from from the very start of that game. And uh, you know, like you talked about the um, uh, the seat, I was Seton Hall, the mm-hmm. same sort of thing, just just running away. And so they they they've looked really good. Uh, like Harvard, not not a bad team, but. Uh, you know, it's it's real easy, and Kansas, the one over Missouri, was on the road. I believe. I mean, yeah. uh, kids at home, 
it's it's it reminds me a little bit of um and, and UConn, you know, kind of had their struggles a little bit with Georgetown, surprisingly so. But what we talked about with UConn with that Butler game, where watching that game, it just felt like Butler never should have changed. You look up and all of a sudden UConn's up, you know, 15. And that's kind of what Kansas can do to you at home as 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 a Baylor fan, having seen my team go into that place a few times where it's like you feel like you're hanging in there, you're right there, and all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard and it's a 12-point game, and you're like, Man, we were just in this game. And when that happens to a team like Harvard, it's going to go from, hey, we might pull the upset, we're down 10, to all of a sudden it's going to be 20 in a heartbeat, and that's where this game can get ugly for them. Okay. i got to ask you this, your opinion, on the top five worst chance in basketball, where does the Jayhawk chant rank for you? It, it's my number two, and it just by a slight margin behind, that, because ah, it's the same venue. <laughs> right here at the wall. I don't think I've ever even heard the North Carolina win. I, I don't think I watch North Carolina games with the audio on at the end of a game. So I, I don't think I've actually heard that. Oh, I have heard the Rock. Every time. I, maybe I just don't watch it with the audio on. I, 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 the Rock Chart Jayhawk one is, it really does get under my skin. But you know what? Kudos and props to them. If they can do something like that, that gets under opposing fan base's skin, I mean, hats off. Like you, you figure yeah. out a way to push people's buttons. So I mean, kudos to you. But yes, it, it's, it definitely gets under my skin. As, as, as a Baylor fan watching, and you feel like you've won the game and you end up losing and, and they'll start doing that. And it, it doesn't matter if it's a three point game or a 30 point game, we'll start doing that. And it's just, it does get under my skin as, as a Baylor fan for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, if I was probably, if I was a fan of either team, I'd probably love it, but man, it drives me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, that takes us to our daily double-double. We've got a 6 p.m. game, Wright State at Miami of Ohio. I'm going to give you both picks on this one. I'm going to give you Wright State minus one and a half. Sideline says it should be about three. It's enough to lock in an A-grade play, especially at this low number. Probabilistically, one is the least common outcome of close ball games, and we're likely in two or three than anything else. As long as this stays at two or under, the model likes it as an A-grade play. Above that, less so because two – is possible in this right state's the better team but they are on the road so we want them to get we think they can get the win but we don't lay too many points in this situation because they could easily win by something like two or three but we think right state can get the win it's an a grade play for the model and i'm going to give you over 149 you can take both of those you can parlay them together you can play one or the other whichever one you like um Sideline says this should be 155 on the number of points. You've got uh, a team in Wright State who likes to push the pace and a team in Miami of Ohio that just does not play any defense whatsoever, which is why the math indicates that this number should be higher than it is. So we're going to go Wright State minus one and a half and over 149 for your daily double-double. Yeah, yeah. This uh, Miami, Ohio team is the opposite of their football team. They do not want to play defense <laughs> whatsoever. And Wright State will take advantage of that. That's what I was talking about. Some, someone else, uh, I don't remember what team I was talking about, the same thing, opposite of their football team, right? And it's, yeah, like I said, Miami of Ohio, that football team was, you know, slow paced, good defense. This team, and not extremely fast paced, but a little bit faster than average. And their defense is just terrible, very much the opposite, uh, which would usually take us to the total of the day. But we're going to go back and we're going to give you. A double, 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 a second double, double. Uh, we're going to split this one, Jake. Uh, you're going to take Yale minus 13 and a half. That's an A grade for the model. And I'm going to give you a plan of the total. I'm going to start you off, uh, turn it over to you real quick, Jake. But first, let me say, model says this should be Yale minus 17. 
So again, I don't like laying big numbers, but if I do, I want there to be a large difference between the projection and what number we're getting. That's the case here. We are 7-2 and two backing Yale. We faded them one time and gone 1-0 doing it. Um, Monmouth has been a team that has just not done well against the number all season uh, to the tune of a 4-8 against the spread record. Uh, Jake, model gives Yale an A grade. Why is that your pick on this game? Look, Monmouth is garbage. They play fast. And that is because there's nobody, no defense to get in the way of the other team scoring. So they're just getting the ball a lot. Um, like they're it's, a, it's a deceptive fast. <laughs> One of its effective local percentage is at 60, which is just nuts. That, mm. that just means that's, that's a lot of layups and wide open shots is what that is. Um, ranking them next to last. The fact that there's a team below them is scary. Because uh, I don't uh, I don't know what they're – I don't know that that team is showing up past half court. Because uh, the sixty percent—that's uh, that's crazy. Uh, Yale is a pretty good team. They've got a really stout defense. They play slow. Um, they shoot the ball very well. They hit their free throws. They don't turn the ball over. They're just a good, very solid team. Uh, they, they're not going to give you any extra chances. They're not going to make the mistakes. They're smart. I mean, they go to Yale. They're smart. Uh, they should be able to run Monmouth out of their own gym. Uh, Matt Nolan, best player on the court tonight. He's fun to watch, uh, but. Maybe just catch the first half because I don't think the second half is going to be worth watching. He might not. Yeah, even. and yeah, and sideline thinks that the second half total uh, going to be rocked to sleep. Really likes the under in this one. That's the play I'm going to recommend for you here again. Probably me either take one or the other. Uh, I'm going under 140, 134. Sideline says it should be 128 and a half. And the biggest thing here is that I'm just not sure Monmouth's going to be able to score. Yale's got a well above average defense, and Monmouth has a terrible offense. Um, we always talk about the better team tends to control the pace. Yale is the much better team. So if they control the pace whatsoever, there just won't be a lot of points. Yale can name their score, but they're not going to have to score much. Like I said, the second half is going to be a route. They can get up into the 70s and win this game comfortably. Uh, Southern predicts 73 to 56, and I, I tend to think that 70 to 50-ish mark is kind of what we're going to be eyeing here. Um, Yale's going to be able to get a lot of points. Monmouth isn't. And that's going to help keep us under 134. And again, we're also on the Yale minus 13 and a half as your second double-double of the day, which takes us to the must-see TV games. Got three of them we're going to highlight here. The first one is 6.30 p.m. Central Charlotte at UAB. UAB is a 10 and a half point favorite. So that says it should be 10 and a half. So uh, model thinks it's pretty spot on. Um, we've been seven and two backing Charlotte this season. So we've backed them a lot, but Jake, you're going to back UAB here lying to 10 and a half. Tell us why. Like, I'm not sure we can find two more opposite teams out there. UAB mm -hmm. ranks third in pace. Charlotte is dead last. I mean, styles make fights and this should be an absolute. Blast. It should be fun to watch. Cause what the heck's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, like there, There's going to be points where this game is crawling along. And then all of a sudden UAB is going to go on a run uh, and it's just going to feel like it's flying. And then, Charlotte's going to put the brakes on. Um, it's just UAB has got a bona fide superstar in Jelly Walker. They play. They actually have the better defense. And as slow as Charlotte plays, they still don't have a great offense or uh, or defense. I mean, they're well above average, but not not as much as they need to be, especially scoring with UAB. I mean, not only can UAB shoot the lights out of the gym, they also rebound at a stupid high rate. They're ranked ninth on the offensive boards. They create extra possessions. They're in the top 100 in steals and opponent turnover percentage. They make their free throws. And like I said, like anytime you can 
back Jelly Walker. It's a lot of fun. I mean, he's he's not let us down once this year. He's having just a great year. But they've also got a couple of good guards behind him in Buffin and Gaines. Uh, Charlotte's got one guy in double figures and, and does not do a great job of guarding the three-point arc, and that's going to be very dangerous against a UAB team who just wants to pull it at all. You give them a slight, like, three inches of room, and they're going to pull the three. Um, and it's just – Gonna go uh, poorly for them if they don't guard that three point arc. Uh, they're just and also the creating of extra possessions really goes big for UAB here because that's really gonna speed it up. And like a fast paced game like that, like they play as fast as they want to, uh, is addicting and not addicting but really enticing for the other team because like it's really hard to you have to be very mentally strong and very confident in what you're doing and having it going right to not fall into the trap of playing just a little bit faster and then playing just a little bit faster. Uh, and especially if those first few threes go in for UAB. And that's how I kind of see this one going is UAB is going to get a couple threes going to the game uh, at some point going to run like a 6-0-9-0-10-0 run with a bunch of threes. And Charlotte's going to have to start playing faster. They're going to make a few more mistakes, and that's just going to lead UAB towards the end of the game to be ahead by 12, 15, and that's where and they make the free throws. So that's where – battle will stay all right so you're gonna lay a ten and a half with uab again it should be a fantastic one to watch just because of how different these two teams are another good one should be 7 p.m central butler at creighton um creighton's an eight point favorite creighton's still a solid team but has not looked good the model has an a grade play on butler plus eight uh, the models actually overestimated both these teams a little bit um interestingly enough though they've actually both um been positive he's back to both so it's kind of a weird uh, not a contradictory nugget, just a, an interesting artifact of, of what's happening. Um, uh, that they've, they've both been decent teams, but the model still is overestimated uh, them both, but to about the same degree. I, I think this six point number is probably a little bit better. We do expect Creighton to be uh, finally healthy again after um, a, a long stretch where they weren't, but I'm not sure that's enough to make a difference in this one to win by this number. We talked about it. Yesterday with Cousin Jared, that seven's kind of your pivot point with fouls where you start feeling a lot better. If you're laying a number, you're really hoping for it to be seven or less. If you're taking a number, you're really hoping to be seven or more. doesn't mean it always works great for that. That just means that's like a, a rough rule of thumbs. We're on the right side out here getting eight with Butler where even if there's late fouls, we hope – it's not impossible, but we hope that it can stay inside this number uh, as long as Butler can hang around. Um, Butler should feel a lot better playing this game than the last one against UConn because Creighton is no UConn, that's for sure. Uh, what are the other reasons, Jake, that you are on Butler plus eight? Like th These teams are just mirror images of each other from the from their style to how they rebound to how they hold on the ball. Uh, their depth is even about the same. Uh, Butler's getting a, slight, a little bit better than they have been in the past year with getting Ali Ali back. Uh, or back. He, this first game was against UConn, uh, getting him – Playing the you transferred in from Akron. Um, I mean, the metrics like Creighton, but I don't know that like that. That's a good look of, of them on the year, but they're playing really bad right now. Like mm -hmm. the, on the six game losing losing streak, and I don't think they're going to get it right against Butler. I think they probably win being at home and being the slightly better team, but I don't think it's by nine, ten, twelve, anything like that. I just don't think they're going to totally bust out of the slump right here. Uh, I think Butler is a really good team, coached by Thad Motto, who's going to be ready for this game and especially after that game with UConn they're going to be out with a vengeance a little bit of chip on the shoulder I think this one stays really tight and is a fun one to watch 
and I don't know if it, if it has any if this has any relevance at all. I think about it as a baseball player though, right? We used to always you know put the donut on the bat, you swing the bat with the donut, you take the donut off, and you're like, this bat feels really light, you know. That's gotta be what it feels like a little bit for Butler after coming off of UConn, right? They'd be like, this feels and nothing that's an insult great and a good team, but like it's gotta feel just a whole lot better to play them than UConn. Um yeah, yeah, a little bit of breathing room for sure, with just regards to the sheer athleticism and talent that UConn has. Um, we talk about numbers, right? Numbers is, is really all it's about here. It's not saying that Butler can win. It's just that plus eight is too many. Uh, we talked about this with a few people on the Discord too, right? That there's usually like a dead window where there's a number of points where you just say, it's not worth playing. Everyone's window for different games can be a little bit larger. Uh, when I built the algorithm based off of the data, the algorithm says that that window should be a little bit bigger for bigger spreads, but even for the smaller spreads, it's still about a, you know, three, four point window. Again, Silent says this should be Creighton minus six. If it's Creighton minus four, I'd be all over Creighton. So, you know, they think they can win. And at that point, it's just, it, it's just that the, the probability that it lands between four and eight is relatively large. Right. And obviously uh, it could be on either side of that, but it's just that there's just so much probability in that four to eight window that being on this side of that window makes Butler a really smart investment here, getting eight points. Um, and that's going to be your last pick of the must-see TV games. I'm going to give you this last one here. Illinois and Missouri, 8 p.m. Central. i got to play on the total for you here. It's 153. I'm going to go over that. Sideline says it should be 156. To me, the bottom line here is that Illinois plays fast. Missouri plays faster. Missouri's got a really good offense. It's one of the few offenses that should be. It got a real chance to actually be better than Illinois defense on the season. There's only so many offenses that can say that. Um, on top of that, Illinois definitely going to have an advantage against Missouri. Missouri's defense is just average. Um, Illinois offense is pretty good. Um, Illinois wants to play fast as well, so it's not like uh, once you know Missouri wants to speed it up and Illinois wants to slow it down. They both want to go fast, and I think that's going to lend itself to more points. I think if we can get. I, I feel pretty confident we get up towards. Into the 150s, 153 is a good value play. Again, no locks and gambling, but you know maybe we land 150, 151, 152, something like that. But I think it's really likely we land somewhere in the 150s, and there's more ways if it gets into the 150s that we win than we lose. That's what makes it a good investment. Again, we're not shooting for 100% here. I hope you heard me from the start on that. If you're looking for 100% gambling picks, you ain't going to find it here. Sorry. Um, we're, we're just shooting for, um, you know, 55%, something like that. I think this is a, a, a solid pick here to go over 153 yeah yeah the pace of this game is going to be outrageous two great offenses one defense that's eh. both teams like to force turnovers so it should be a ton of possessions ton of points yep all right well that's the 10 games we're going to cover for you here on your thursday jake any parting words no just i mean i'm just so ready to stop traveling here for a bit and just be settled <laughs> for a minute uh driving on the roads right now and good luck to anybody that's having to do the same thing I am where you're just traveling the whole holiday season. Yes, absolutely. For those traveling here in the next few days, uh, good luck to you. Also uh, be safe. And uh, obviously hopefully you get, get your destination and get back home safely. Uh, lots of people on the roads, always, always a hectic time of year for a lot of people. Um, oh, you know, quick little, you know, PSA, always a, an exciting and a happy time for a lot of people. And, and for some people less so, so just, you know, always remember you're to learn. We've all, we've all had some, Heartache and downtimes and reach out for some help if you need to. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough time of year for some people and, and hopefully not for you. Hopefully it's a happy time for you. And, and if so, then uh, good times. And if not, um, we'll be with you on the other side when we get to January with uh, conference play and lots of, lots of good basketball every every uh, every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, right? Monday, Friday, a little bit weaker, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we, for, we need somebody the... like Zach to step up and take a day. 
Yeah, yeah. We got, well, the Big East, maybe I guess we'll get Friday, right? Mondays, I feel like, are always just a little bit weak. But a lot of, a lot of better, a lot of good games here, conference play on the other side of this once we get through the holidays and the travel and all that craziness. Uh, but uh, that's all we've got for you then today. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've on this channel. It's dropped right to your feed. We're back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.